of Ephesians for 37 years. Warring and winning, overcoming evil in the last days. Ephesians chapter 6. And the truth is, and by the way, next, did you mention this? Next uh, Sunday morning, we're going to have, I'm going to get together the worship team, you all, and come up with some, some Christmas carols. I think y'all had already pulled up a list. And uh, I really want to encourage you to bring, bring your family, bring friends. Uh, I'm going to bring a message entitled, Peace on Earth. I'm going to talk about the peace of God. And oh, when you see the stuff that's happening in our world today, are we not living in a time in history where we desperately need peace on earth? So I'm going to speak that. And, and, and listen, I, I kind of look around. If it's home folk, you know, I, I'll kind of sense, okay, I don't really feel like I need to get, a, get an altar call. But you know something that's in my heart that y'all know our heart is this church. If there's somebody here that I think, need, that I, well, I feel in my spirit that needs to come to the Lord, I'm going to throw the net out. I'm going to give an invitation. So you bring them, we'll throw the net out, all right? We, we'll, we'll, cl- we'll clean them. You catch them, we'll clean them. There you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, he'll clean them, you yeah. know. So... There's that, and then we'll have like a little fellowship uh, time uh, afterwards, just a little, some, some hot liquids and things like that. That'd be good. But, um, boy, I was even kind of taking myself through of wrapping this up and thinking, boy, we really could have spent a whole lot much more time. I'm just going to encourage you folks, just study this out. Study the book of Ephesians. It's six chapters, but are you aware that if, you've, if you lost all 66 books of the Bible, that if all you had was the book of Ephesians, you could learn how to get saved, walk the Christian life, battle the devil, and overcome and get yourself to heaven. I mean, that, that's, those, that's multivitamin six chapters. That's potent, all right? That's some thick stuff. All right, now stay with me. This is going to get introduction, then I'm going to get us to chapter 6 because that's Paul. Now watch what's happening. Stay with us now. Paul is writing under the influence or he's being dictated to by the Holy Spirit. God is showing him what he's writing. Again, the book of Ephesians, as far as a preface, not like Corinthians or Thessalonians where Paul is writing in response to a letter that was sent to him. The prison epistles, which are are Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, they were written uh, prison epistles, meaning he wrote them from prison, all right? He was writing out a revelation of what God wanted to say to the church. It's real important to notice if you'll read it, if you'll take the 10,000-foot view of the book of Ephesians, although he does write personally, meaning you, I, go and mark how many times he talks about we, Ours, us, this book, Ephesians, was written to us collectively as the church. How many of you know even right now, God looks at us, he looks at you individually, you sitting there, you and I, but how many of you know God also looks at us collectively, corporately as a church, and, he, and he's speaking to his church. So here's the th- first thing he says, do you not understand, church, or, or be aware that you have been seated with Christ in heavenly places, that you have all, somebody say all. How much is all? Help me out. How much is all? It's all. The word of God, Ephesians 1, 3, says you have been blessed with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places. 
Oh, I like that. My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Well, how much riches does he have in glory? Woo! I'm going to preach myself happy. Well, he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. Y'all, I've seen that on Discovery Channel, the gold miners. That's kind of some funny stuff. They're out there digging for stuff. You know, he owns all the gold. So he owns all the yachts and all. He owns all that. And he's saying, I have already blessed you with all spiritual blessings. So I like the way T.D. Jakes put it. He said, can you stand to be blessed? Come on, can you stand to be blessed? All, he said, he has raised you up and seated you in heavenly places. So the first thing you've got to understand, church of Ephesians, church of the shoals, is that you've been raised up. You've been given all spiritual blessings. And then the next thing, it unfolds. It talks about our position in Christ. Then it talks about, watch now, our condition in Christ. Your condition is based on your position. He says, now I want you to walk in love. Amen. I want you to walk in the light. He says, I want you to walk in the truth. Four times, starting from chapter two all the way into chapter six, he says, walk four times. Walk in love, walk in the light, walk in, I lost my, excuse me, walk worthy of the calling. That's the first one. Walk worthy of the calling. You say, well, I'm not called to full-time ministry. No, 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 no. He says, walk worthy of the vocation. That is, means, what, it is, what has God wired you to do? I look back at Tony when I said that. And he's an electrician, so there you go. What has God equipped? Everybody in this room, the Holy Spirit has uniquely crafted and put gifts inside of you that have to be activated. They have to be discovered, developed, and deployed. Amen. And so you need to walk worthy of the calling because of your position. Are you with me now? You need to walk in love. Oh, we could spend a whole service on that. You need to walk in the light, and then you need to walk in wisdom. But now, because of where we're seated, we need to learn to walk seated, all right? But then he brings us to this place. He says, after all the things, now I'm going to wrap it up for you. And he says, finally. Somebody say, finally. All right. And we're talking about the lance of prayer today, but here it is, Ephesians. Let's pick it up in verse 10. We're going to read the whole thing and get it down to that verse 18. Finally. My brethren, so he's not speaking to pagans. He's not speaking to, as my mom would say, the heathens. He's speaking to us. All right, this is the brothers. Finally, brethren, you is understood there. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Somebody say whole. All right, whole armor of God that you may be able. Notice that. That's real. Let me underscore that in your mind means that if you don't, you won't be able, that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. For we wrestle not, and I believe it was one theologian said that for many churches, that's true, they, do, they wrestle not because they don't understand the warfare that they're in. But he says, we wrestle not, what? Against flesh and blood. Our battle is not against men, against human beings, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, somebody say, wherefore. I want to get you to stay with me now. That's a, this, I'm, I'm reading King Jimmy, baby. I'm feeling good about King Jimmy this morning. I got the yees and the wherefores. You hearing that? What's the wherefore, therefore? Because of what he just said. 
Wherefore, everything I do, preceding that I just said to you, wherefore, take you, take unto you the whole armor of God that you, there it is again, may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, I got that underlined up there, having done all, to stand, which means do not leave out. There's no piece of what I'm about to tell you that's indispensable. Do not fight naked. Thank you. Do not go out into the battlefield naked. Naked, I'll say it again. Don't go out naked. You need to get equipped. You need to activate the armor that you got. He said, why is that important? Look at me now. <laughs> oh, casting down vain imaginations. <laughs> Uh, because understand, if you go out and you haven't, having done all to stand, first of all, you've got some angles where the enemy knows you're vulnerable. The enemy can take you out. You might have a sniper that's looking out. She doesn't have her helmet on. He doesn't have his feet prepared. And he may take you out in the battle because you haven't activated. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that activates every piece of this equipment. But listen to this. Have you thought about this? If you're a warrior, and oh, it's all over the word of God. He said, Paul says, I have fought the good fight. He said, he, Paul tells uh, Timothy, he says, for you're to endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ. How I many you know that old hymn of the church? Onward Christian soldiers marching as to war with the cross of Jesus. Go. Hey, say okay. Hallelujah. I got, I got the deer in the headlight from the, from the younger people. They're like, we have no clue what that was. We are called to be a warring entity. There's no way about it. Now, I don't want us to become obsessed with the devil. I'm thank, I thank God he's allowed me to move on now to foundations. I'm tired of talking about spiritual warfare. Sometimes if you talk about it too much, it draws it in. I'd rather talk about Jesus. How about you? I'd rather talk about what he's done, what he's doing. I don't want to talk about the devil. You know, I'm ready to move on. But I can't stand here as your pastor and say, well, I'm gonna, we're gonna, it's all good. I'm going to tell you all the good stuff in the Bible, and yet we're reading parts of it and saying, you're gonna, you're, he said, you're going to need to learn to stand. You're going to wrestle against these entities. So a, a, a messenger of hope says, yeah, there's warfare, but I got good news for you today, y'all. We've overcome. You say, but I'm still in the battle. Uh, we, read the, we read the end of the book. Come on, somebody. We read the end of the book. What does it say? We win at the end. So whatever hell you're going through. Oh, I talked with somebody just last night at the wedding. By the way, the wedding was beautiful last night. Kenzie and Jeremiah got hitched up. Uh, it was beautiful. It, it was, and boy, that church over there uh, was beautiful. Never been in that church over there. But anyway, was talking, actually, my, my former... Um, administrative assistant uh, at, when I was at the Rock. Uh, she said, well, how are y'all doing? I said, well, we're, we're going through some storms. We're going through some challenges. She looked at me. She said, well, we, we, my family's been through hell. I said, well, I know what you're talking about. You know, <laughs> just break it down for me, sister. All right, I know what you're talking about. And yet we both stood there and she's battling because it was, has to do with her, one of her kids. She's battling and she's, she said, but I, she says, oh, she, she, she's a sister in the Lord. She says, I, she said, I'm already on the other side of my victory. 
Are you? I'm looking, I'm saying, come on, sister, go ahead and throw down and preach to the preacher standing right, right here in the middle of a, of a wedding uh, reception. You go ahead and preach to me. She says, that's right, my faith's on the other side. So you can be going through a battle, but we read the end, and it says that we win. All that is having to do with having done all. And see, here's the here's thing. If you don't, having done all, you could get out there and you could be a liability on the battlefield. Now, I got several military folk in here. You understand what I'm talking about. If you got a soldier that one is not disciplined or does not follow orders, is that man or that woman dangerous on a battlefield? Because they're unpredictable. They're, un- they're undependable. So what God is saying is that understand it's not all just about you. You got you got to get yourself equipped and armed and dangerous because when you go out on the battlefield, you do not want to be a liability to your brother or sister who's standing on that battle line. Amen. So he says, having done all to stand. Now, here it comes. Stand therefore. Do you see there are three stands there? We talked about that in review. The three stands were. Did you know that? Three stands. One means that you, you plant your feet. You know, our feet are shod. We, we, get the, we get the mud out of our cleats. We plant them. Now, picture, look at me. For us, I'm going to move the analogy into a football analogy. Okay? Jesus has already scored. The, the, the referee of heaven has said Jesus uh, scored the touchdown. He won the victory. Now he says, I, want, I triumph over the devil at the cross. All right, I made a public spectacle of him, triumphing over him at the cross. Now, you have, look at me, child, you have been given the victory. All right, but he says battle. What are we, we're, we're apparently battling with him to some other end, but we do have the victory, but there are going to be, we've won the war, but we have battles. The first stand means to plant your feet, get your cleats in the ground, because what this means is, is that the enemy's going to come, and he's going to try to move you off of your healing. Come on, somebody. He's going to try to move you off your peace, off your sound mind. He's going to try to attack your finances. He's going to try to attack your marriage. He's going to try to attack your health, your children. And so you got to learn that when he comes, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Plant your feet and say, now I'm standing. What does that mean? When he comes, I've got a good foundation. He can't knock me off because I learned. But then the next, it says that we can withstand the evil day. Notice that. So I learned back in uh, football, if y'all remember the analogy, that if you were playing on the line and, and, and you were going to get double teamed, uh, most of the guys understand this. The coach would tell you, if you got two men who's trying to take you out, they said, you, can't, you can't take two men. They said, you got to reach down, get lower, and grab, grab grass and hold on at least. Do not let your lane open up for the, the back to run through. It's good to have a preacher on his knees during a sermon. Uh, so the second stand, the one is plant your feet. The second is get down low because the lower you get, the more humble you are. And the more humble you are, the less the enemy can get into your pride or your self-righteousness. So you get low, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. And so the devil can't move you out of place because you've learned to withstand. But the last one here, it says, after having every, uh, every, done everything, stand. That actually means, I don't know if I'll lay down here, but that means actually get all the way on your face. That means get as low as you possibly can. So when the enemy comes after, what did, what did Jesus say to his disciples in, in, in um, 
John 16. He said, stay with me now, the prince of this world is coming. Y'all remember how he finished that statement? He says, but he has got nothing in me. Oh, child of God, let me encourage all of us today. We need to be able to say that. Okay, if the enemy is going to come and there is a warfare, some days are better than others. Some days he's around, some days he's not. But there is an evil day, apparently, when he comes. That if he does come or when he does come, the enemy comes, when the enemy comes in like a flood, that we can say, okay, uh, I've already prepared myself for what is going to come. And I'm going to stand against him. I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to say, when he comes, he's not going to find anything in here. Oh, if I can fast forward to the end. This whole thing about spiritual warfare, you want to know what really he's talking about? Yeah, we're going to face things. We're going to face super... They're, they're here. We can't deny them. If we do, then we're... we're from where I'm from in Tarrant City, which you're ignorant. You know, if you deny spiritual warfare, you don't even know your own Bible. You don't know the Holy Spirit. You don't know God. It's there. It's real. But we need to be able to say, okay, if the prince of this world is going to come after me, going to come after my wife, come after my family, then we're going to say, you can't find anything in here, devil. It's already all been crucified. And now, anything that we fight with guarantees us the victory. Can I get a amen? Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having your breast, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, that remember that that does not mean um, above all doesn't mean importance. It means the position of where you have that shield that it comes before it's out in front of you and it's over the top of you. Above all. The shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fire darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, look this way. Most, some of your translations, you'll see it that it, it breaks it out there, that it, it, it takes it into a new passage or a new context. But if you'll study it carefully, the logic of the Holy Spirit of what Paul's writing does not break there. Because most people will say, okay, he just ended his description of the army. Uh-uh-uh, no. If you'll study it, the next word is praying. If you'll notice praying, he's, there's an interconnectivity with his previous line of thinking. He's, he's, he's taking you through this armor, but most people cut it off and say, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Not understanding there's another link that you're missing. And this is what it's called, and I know it's not explicit uh, there, but it is, it is implicit because if you'll study Roman, Roman soldiers, they, they, most all of them carried a lance. What he's talking about is the lance of prayer. Now, unfortunately, I could not find a lance. All I got is a glorified walking stick up here. Right, but I, at least I wanted to, 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 I want you to look at this carefully because the next couple moments is where we're going to stay. We're going to wrap it up. When he says, let's look at it now. Look at it with me. He says, uh, where are we? Praying always. Somebody say always. Praying always with all prayer. Somebody say all prayer. Hmm. I mean, you could just sit on that for a little while. Praying always, then, then how much is that? Then, then where, where is a time that we're not supposed to be praying if we take that always literally? 
And then with all prayer, well, what does he mean? What do you mean with all prayer? Isn't prayer just one thing? Are you aware in the Greek language, original language, in the New Testament, there are five different words for prayer? I don't have time this morning, but you need to go study it. Because you'll realize there are five different kinds of prayer. And then he says, with all prayer and supplication. Supplication means an earnest desire, a request, something that's expected. It's a form of prayer, right? And then he says, this is big now. Oh, watch out. Here it comes. In the spirit. We got to get away from church saying, well, when it comes down, when it comes time at night to go to bed, we get down and say our prayers. Folks, we don't say our prayers. We need to get our language right. We don't, it, with all due respect, I hope this doesn't sound good, we don't pray a rosary. We don't pray, we don't pray to, to, to Mary or St. Jude. There's, that's not in the Bible. We pray to God through the Lord Jesus Christ and we pray through the Holy Spirit who's in us. That is your connection to heaven. So we don't say our prayers. We talk to God. Can I get a amen up in here? So, uh, and let's go on. So we, we pray in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. And then let me finish it out here because it continues on through verse 20. And and for me, that may that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds or chains, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So look at what Paul he's 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 carrying out this this thought, and then he's wrapping up the letter to the church. And he's saying, now after you've put all this armor on, you need to understand, you need to pray at all times with all different types of prayer, with watching, with supplication, uh, knowing these things. And then he says, and pray for me that I would declare the gospel boldly. Because in other words, it was the prayers of the church that was going to empower the, the, the apostle to go and take back ground that the devil had stolen. Look at me now. There are two things that this armor, all of it in, in, in prayer, this prayer is where the armor is activated. Okay, Every piece of the armor is activated in prayer and obedience. There are two different things that you need to understand. First, the warfare over us is personal. The enemy, he, uh, Jesus says to Peter, he says, Satan has requested you to sift you as wheat. He came after Job, right? You read that in the book of Job. So we know it can get very personal. How many have found that to be true? That enemy can get very personal, try to come after you personally, all right? So we know it's true. So what is he trying to do? Remember what we talked about standing? He's trying to get you to start trying to fight for your victory. If you start getting to the place where you're fighting for your victory, you've lost your identity. You don't understand. You're, you're already seated in heavenly places. You already have the... So when he comes after you perfect, he, he comes after you personally, he's trying to rob you of the victory that's already yours. So you've got to stand and you've got to activate this warfare. And you're going to say, devil, 
You're not going to have my sanity. You're not going to have my health. You're not going to have my marriage. You're not going to have, come on somebody, you're not going to have my family. You're not going to have my favor, my blessing. I'm going to stand again. I'm going to resist you. And the Bible says when I resist you, I've submitted myself through the authority of my God with his armor. You're going to have to flee. See, uh, see, I'm not under your feet, devil. The word of God says, and the God of all peace shall soon crush Satan under our feet. That's why that, he's under my feet. He's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. Y'all remember that one? I like preaching with a walking stick. It helps me out. I feel like a, like a shepherd up here. Uh, yes, I'm walking worthy of the calling. There you go. All right, so here, now look at this. Uh, 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 Palum. Palum is the word that he's using there uh, for prayer. All right, it's, it's, excuse me, for the a word for the, the Greek word is palum. There's a different word he's using for prayer there. But this, are you aware? Let's watch this now. Are you aware that a Roman soldier, many times, oftentimes, yes, he would have all the aforementioned that we just read, but he would also go into battle with various types of lances, or a lance is a spear, or it's various types of spear. One of the one, the, the one that, that's probably best mentioned here would be about six foot tall. Now, I'm five foot 11 and a half, all right? So you see this, and so imagine the spear is probably about right here, all right? This spear would be weighted at the end with some kind of metal or something and made very sharp. It would be very heavy. Some of them, the entire thing was encased in metal. Are you starting to get the picture? Look at me, church, because it's real important you get this. All the armor that you've been given has been there to protect you from personal battle, but also the other part of that is to, is to, is to protect you as you take back ground that the enemy has stolen in your family and in this community and in this nation. The kingdom of God is advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. We need to go back into the neighborhoods where there's crime and there's prostitution and there's drugs and there are people who are being abused, little children being molested, girls being raped. Somebody's got to go out into that darkness to say, we have authority. We have a commander in chief that's told us to go into the highways and byways and to go out and stop the insanity. We're called to go out to stand between the living and the dead and say, devil, you may have been in this neighborhood for years and years, but I want you to know the greater one that's inside of me has now showed up on the scene. And I'm standing here today saying, I have the victory. And the word of God says, every place on which the sole of my foot shall tread, the Lord my God has given it to me. And you serve notice, you princes of darkness, understand, greater is he who's in me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? And you start declaring the ground that's been stolen, devil, I'm coming to take it back. Pardon the grammar, and you can't do nothing about it. Can I get a witness from the congregation today? So yeah, there's a place where this armor and this, this lance is the place where it's personal. Where he comes against you, it's lethal. You take him out, all right? But the other thing is that when we're going in, and oftentimes there would be a fortified, there would be a wall, there would be a beachhead of assault where the enemy has encamped himself. 
where the enemy has, has built a stronghold. Oh, y'all know that's true, right? Have you ever been in a neighborhood like that? Have you ever walked into a house and walked right into it and said, oh my, I feel the oppression in this house. Have you ever walked into a city? I have. Uh, other cities and other, here in the United States, I've gone into cities. You could feel the weight of depression and oppression and evil just in the atmosphere, the spiritual atmosphere. Understand, when you as a warring child of God walks into that atmosphere, you have been equipped and he's given you the lance of prayer. So now look at this. This lance was probably about six foot long, but are you aware that there were other different sizes? There were some that were shorter. There were some that were thicker. There were some that were um, more slender. Some of them, you ever seen somebody throw a javelin? People who are really good at that, they, they know how to throw that thing. Well, apparently, this Roman warrior knew how to use this lance to where when there was an encampment of the enemy, he could charge, he could charge the encampment with it. Look at me like this, like a jousting, right? And he'd go, but that's not normally what they would use it for. He says, praying always with all kinds of prayers. Watch me now. He's saying, you with your armor and the place of who you are as a child of God, the greater one lives inside of you. He says, when you pray in the spirit with all, he said, I'm going to hand you a lance. He says, and you can stand back and watch the enemy stronghold and you can come back and you can release. Now, I'm not going to throw it. Y'all don't get worried back there. I'm not going to get that illustrative. You, you in, now, what, this is what you do when you release things in prayer. It's God, the Holy in the Spirit, you pull back your lance of prayer and you release it. And just like David did, here's what I believe. How was it? You understand Goliath was, um, he was, he was, he had armor head to toe. Are you, if you studied that, did you, are you aware? And I'm going to call him what David called him, that uncircumcised Philistine. He said, yeah, there he is. Are you aware that he was covered head to toe with his armor? Are you aware that there was only one place on his entire body that he was vulnerable? It was on his forehead. And David, that little junior high, that's the reason I'm glad got the kids in here with hanging out with us. All right? Y'all ready to come on up and sing? No. Okay, I'm just checking. Picture David. Remember what happened? Everybody's, everybody's you know, the, 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 the Goliath's coming out there. Hey! Your mama's ugly. You know. And then all the little, you know, the little pipsqueaks, you know, supposed to be soldiers, but they're chocolate soldiers. They're sweet on the outside, but empty on the inside. And they're coming out and, yeah, we're going to come get you one day, Goliath. Get back. He might come, you know. <laughs> David, the little junior high, comes up, goes, and he hears this man, he hears this, this giant blaspheming the God of Israel. And he's looking around saying, hey, y'all going to let him talk about our God like that? Well, he, you know. He's big bad. He's the undefeated, undisputed champion, David. David goes to Saul and says, hey, Saul, baby. That's in the Hebrew. He said, uh, he said I, defeated, I defeated a lion with my bare hands. Ah, come on. He said, I took down a bear. Ah. He said, I 
got a run going here. I, I got a track record. I have seen God use me to do things that I can't exactly explain to you. I don't know how I'm going to take this, this, this enemy down, but I'm going to go in. Always, everybody says, oh, David, don't do that. He, it's a big bad devil out there. Get back in the church. Get behind the stained glass windows and let's all pray because there's a boogeyman out there and we don't want him coming and getting us. Let's just pray. Oh, Lord, hold the fort and come and take us. Get us out of this evil place. And the Lord's going, will you go into the highways and byways and compel them to come in? Will you go into all the world and preach the gospel? Will you go out in every place on which the foot, your foot shall tread? I've given it to you. Will you go out and take my kingdom out there where they're dying and going to hell and they're broken and they're dysfunctional? Mess up. Will somebody go? Whom shall I send and whom will go for me? And Isaiah says, hey, coach, coach, coach. Am I illustrating it okay? Here am I. You looking for somebody? Am I, am I touching the heart of anybody in here today? There's something got to rise up inside of us. Lord, are you looking for somebody to go and take him down? I'll do it. What happened with Saul? Well, Saul says he put his, his um, armament on him, right? Remember what it said? It was clunky. It was bulky. You see a little junior high with an adult armor on him? Clank, 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 you know. He can't move. He's not swift. He's not agile. And he's saying, I, here's what, he says, I don't know this armor. I have never fought with this armor. I'm not familiar with it. It hasn't been issued to me by the king of kings. It's been issued to me by King Saul. It's been something that's been given. I've never tried this armor before. So he says he took it off. And he said, now nah, I got a slingshot. Y'all like slingshots? Oh, I do. We used to have those wrist rockets, baby. Y'all remember those? Man, you could... I won't say knock a window out from 100 yards. <laughs> I confess right here, right now. Um... But he, he had his sling, but it wasn't a wrist rocket. He knew, he, he got that thing going. You know, it says he went and got five stones. You ever read it? Some scholars believe that because he knew that Goliath had four other brothers. Think about that for a second. In other words, he said, first of all, you're going down. And I got four more for your homeboys. All right? But here's what I believe. He took that smooth stone. He put it in his sling. And it said he ran at the face of the giant. He didn't say, you stay over there and I'm going to kind of throw my pea shooters and see if I can hit you. Throw like a girl, you know. No, it says he ran into the face of the giant. And he said, you come at me with your lance, with your spear and your sword and your shield. He said, I'm coming after you in the name of the Lord my God. Ooh, I don't have time, y'all. You understand that there are more weapons than what we're studying. There's the name of Jesus. It said, and you shall cast out devils in his name. It says, there's the blood of Jesus. It says, we shall overcome the accusers of brethren. Come on, somebody. By the blood of the lamb, by the word of our test. It's a weapon you have. Do you understand that praise is a weapon? I'm not, I'm, 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 div I'm diverting. Please forgive me. Do you understand when you begin to praise, the word of God says, let God arise. 
and let his enemies be scattered when the devil's unleashed a litany of fiery darts and hell against you and you're just, just feeling I'm, 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 I'm under attack and, you, and you're bowed down under the weight and the burden of that and your head comes up and you just start singing God I just love you God you're so good God I praise you hallelujah bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me I will bless his holy name the devil's sitting over there watching you and going I just unleashed all hell on her and she's standing up in the face of her God praising him it's causing the devil's brain to fry like Canadian bacon he's going every time I attack him he starts praising God. He starts magnifying the Lord. She starts glorifying the Lord. And what happens when you begin to lift him up and throw him? The word of God said he sets an ambush on your enemy. The liar against you, your accuser, the one that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy you. The Lord comes in and says, she's magnifying me. Devil, get off of her. Boom, scatters. And you look back and go, wait, my praise is a weapon. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hands. Psalm 149, 6. Oh, you understand? Help me, Lord. You understand? Jehoshaphat said that they're going to send a military command in there and everybody said, we got, we got a battle plan. Jehoshaphat said, okay, you got all your, you got everybody with your swords and your chariots and everything. He says, uh, we're lacking one thing. Bring the singers and the musicians and put them out in front. Jehoshaphat, have you gone loopy? Are you smoking something? We're going to put the singers out front? God says, yeah, let praise, let Judah go out. And you'll conquer your enemy through your praise. Come on, somebody. I got to go on. I, I, I got more Bible on that. But understand, folks, we've been given the victory and you have been given a lance. And that's what he's saying. Praying always with all kinds of prayer and supplication, watching unto the Lord. There is something. Uh, let me see how I'm doing here. I'm not doing that well. Uh, listen to this. Put this. When prayer prevails against the, hate, the gates of hell. Do y'all remember when, when Paul, excuse me, Peter, Peter and Paul and Mary. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, some, some, Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Um, what, what was it that Peter, Peter had this revelation of who Jesus was? So you don't have to have a revelation of who the devil is. You have, a, have to have a revelation of who Jesus is. He's the conqueror. We don't need to be, is there a devil? I'm discerning another spirit. No, how about Jesus? How about he's seated at the right hand of the Father? How about he's ever living to make intercession for us? He is praying right now. Do you understand do you understand that Jesus said to his disciples, he said, at, at the Last Supper, at the Seder, the Passover, he says, I will not, watch now, eat or drink of this bread and this wine again until you say, Baruch Bashim Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Do you know what Jesus said at that moment? Have you caught that? He said, I will not eat of this bread or drink of this cup again until you say, blessed is he when I come back. What is he saying? Right now, church, I am in fasting and prayer for you over 2,000 years. I am at the right hand of the Father right now pleading. Not, not that God is against us. Understand they are one. 
but he's pleading for your case against the powers of hell because he said, Peter, he said, and the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. So what does that mean? Understanding his identity. But I want you to look at this. When, when prayer prevails, this is the lance that when you release it, the Holy Spirit says praying in the spirit that you've got your armor. But there's one more, there are seven pieces of this armor. It doesn't stop at the word of God. The word of God is the key to all of it. But it, is, it, it ends with prayer. It's activated with prayer. Look at what Paul writes in Romans 8. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray uh, what we should pray for as we ought. Note the word, we do not, do, do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groans which cannot be uttered, which in other words, you can't, put, you can't put intelligent language to it. It is a spirit language. And look at the next verse. Now he who searches the hearts Notice the Holy Spirit right now, child of God, listen to the preacher today. The Holy Spirit inside of you is searching you. He's searching to see what's inside of your heart because he has been sent to you to see what it is your heart is desiring so that he can begin to intercede and match and agree with the one that's at the right hand of the Father interceding for you right now. You've got two people who are in agreement right now for your best, for your blessing, for you to arrive at the place you're supposed to go to, for you to become the person that you're supposed to be. You've got the Holy Spirit in you that is searching inside of you and you've got the son of God at the right hand of the father saying I am for them I'm not against them oh God give them the strength give them the grace help them to make it through what they're fighting right now come on somebody the, the spirit is there he searches the heart and knows what the mind of the spirit is notice that the it's a capital S this is New King James but that's a hard word to translate because it could be a small s, meaning your spirit. The Holy Spirit is searching the mind of God's spirit, but he's also searching your mind and spirit to see what's in you. To say, is there anything that we can come that I can connect? Jesus is interceding at the right hand of the Father and the Spirit's in you trying to, I'm trying to bring an agreement from heaven to earth on your behalf. Oh, that's good, y'all. And what he's trying to do, he's trying to show you how to pray. When you're standing in battle, he's trying, just like he does with the sword of the Spirit. Remember what we said? That he'll give you a sword, just like Jesus, and you can fight the devil with that word. Well, in prayer, you can release the lance of prayer that is lethal to the devil. It takes him out. It takes him down because it's activated by obedience. Listen. This is probably the most important part of this message, and I'm, I'm, I'm saving it till the end. Prayer is hopeless and helpless. The lance of prayer will have no effect unless you're obedient to the will of your Father. If you're living a compromising life, if you're not doing what he told you to do, you can stand and pray all day long if you want to, but the word of God says God can't hear your prayers if you're living in sin, if you're living in disobedience, if you're not doing what he told you to do, if you're not living out his word, you can pray all day long. That's what the Pharisees said. 
Jesus said, these people draw near me with their, their mouth, with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He's a God of the heart. He's not a God of do's and don'ts and rules. He wants your heart. He wants your desire. He wants your love. And he says, and when you set your love on me, see, the psalmist said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You see either. So if we want to release the lance of prayer and see a, an effectiveness in our warfare, we've got to learn to be obedient. Can I get an amen? All right. So the literal translation, I'm skipping down back there now, Rachel. The literal translation of Ephesians 6.18 is this. Pray at all times in the spirit with all kinds of prayer and supplication. So what does that mean? On every occasion, no matter where you are, what you're doing, you need to be in an attitude of prayer ready because it could be that when, when the attack comes and it may be against you personally or you may walk into a house and say, boy, the devil has had his way in this house for a long time. And God, I'm just praying. I'm praying in the spirit right now. And as you're praying, you look over and the Holy Spirit has handed you a lance. He says, I want you to release this in prayer. Release this against, this, against the enemy in this house. And when you do, it takes the enemy down. There's power when you pray. Do you understand that, Christian? Do you understand when you pray, it moves the hand that holds the universe? Do you know the power that resides inside of you if you would just let the Holy Spirit activate what's inside of you and release it? My Lord. I want you to think of it this way. Uh, There is, watch, 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 watch now. There is at the right hand of the Father, the Son, that says he ever lives to make intercession for who? The saints. Child of God, catch this right now. At the right hand of the throne on high, Jesus is making intercession for you. Can you picture it? I mean, I've never seen, I've never had a revelation. I'm just having to think that Jesus is at the right hand of whether he's seated. He says he's seated, but, but he's up there praying for you. Watch now, he's releasing prayer language. He's releasing lances down to earth. At the right hand of the Father, Jesus is praying for you. Do you understand that today? And he has sent his spirit that is inside of you. And the spirit is searching. And if you'll catch this now, that we now understand with technology what it is live streaming. You understand that, right? That if we hear something is being live streamed, that you can go on and you can click on that website and you can hit that link and whatever communication, whatever ebb and flow, whatever things are being talked back and forth, you can uh, tap into that and you can listen. Are you aware that there's a place in this lance of prayer in the spiritual warfare that, that you can tap into the spirit realm and you can hear what's being prayed for you from heaven? You can hear what the Spirit is praying to you and you can say, wait a minute, I have tapped into this line. I am hearing what my God is praying for me. I am hearing what the Holy Spirit is praying through me back. I step into that stream. Watch now. I step into that stream what God's will is saying about me and the Holy Spirit's trying to get me in line with, lined up and I step into that stream and I say, not as I will. But let your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And you'll hear him say, and whom shall I send? And who will go for me? And you'll, you'll hear yourself say, Lord, here am I, coach. Put me in 
because I know the enemy's supernatural. I know that fallen angel is an ancient foe, but I also know greater is he who is inside of me. I also know that you said I've overcome this world. I am overcomer. What you're going to find when you get into that release and that stream of information, you're going to look over with your armor on and the Holy Spirit's going to place a lance in your hand. And he's going to say, release it. And it will take the enemy down who's standing in front of you. Can I get an amen? Let's stand together. Thank you, Lord. Come on.